Well, Tennessee picks up a 38-33 victory over Florida. Tried to give it away at the end, but at the end of the day, Tennessee gets its first win over arch-rival Florida in uh, six years to the day, actually. Snaps a five-game losing skid, and Tennessee is 4-0 through the first four weeks of the season heading into the bye week. I'm Eric Kane, Austin Price, Brent Hubs, along with you here at BallQuest.com, this post-game mini-pod. Brent Hubs, you saw it. You believe in it now. It, was, uh, it wasn't pretty at all the times, but a win's a win. No, but there was a moment, I'm not going to lie, there late um, where I was thinking LSU, 13 men on the field, um, all the way to Tennessee, this program has found ways to lose games. You thought, okay, it's going to happen again, right? I mean, no. Hail Marys, you know, catch, no catch, all those things. I don't care. I, if, if Anyone who had not been drinking was thinking the same exact exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. But, but give, give Tennessee's defense credit, give Byron Young credit, he made a play. At the end, don't give him credit for the game. Give him credit for getting around Anthony Richardson's legs at the end where he had to throw a ball up that, that Kamal Haddon can give. There's a ton of things on defense that's got to get better in a hurry. Our yeah. Tennessee's not going to be 5-0 and and not going to be where they want to be. Offensively, wow, what a show. I mean, it was, it was like PlayStation out there at one point. Yeah. Like, you know, 1,200 yards of offense, Tennessee never punted. Both teams combined for 1,200 yards. It was like it was like you're playing a, a PlayStation game, you know. At, at one point th- this afternoon, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, 576 yards of total offense for Tennessee. Hendon Hooker, 467 yards of total offense himself. Florida, 594 yards of total offense. Anthony Richardson, and this is where it's bad because he had been so bad leading into this game. Uh, 515 yards of total offense by himself again. We knew just the way that the series goes, Anthony Richardson was going to play like um, what his ceiling was, and he did that today. But uh, Tennessee was able to make more plays in the first half and in the third quarter to kind of prolong this. Well, Eric, when you really think about what Tennessee did, they, they forced him to throw. Now, he was able to make throws today. I mean, and, and Tennessee's tackling was trash at times, especially in the secondary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the coverage was soft. I mean, they, they, they've got to – you know, figure some things out in the bye week. But again, you figured out how to get a win. When I put my prediction in, I picked 35-27. And I said, 35-27 and no one will complain when the balls don't cover. And, and I think for the whole, again, I mean, there's a few people out there that are, Arr! when they were up 17 with four minutes to go, there was a lot of people on the betting line going, hey, I'm go- they're going to cover. This is going to be good. And there's a lot of people at the end going, Really? This is what happened. You know this is going to be on a bad beach, right? Yeah, but but you you I mean you knew. <laughs> I mean you're exactly right, Austin. I mean, look, two to it, nothing, hundred to ninety eight. Yeah. Tennessee won, and that's all Tennessee fans care about. Right. They get to celebrate. The euphoria of tonight is going to be fantastic. By tomorrow afternoon, it's going to be all about Tim Banks's defense and oh, yeah. the problems there and what you have to do. The, the the surprising thing, I want to get back to the offense in a minute, but the surprising thing to me about the defense is. Florida didn't have a wide receiver that scared you. And Tennessee yet was playing so off in their coverage. And when they played in zone, their zone drops were so bad from the standpoint they created these large windows for Anthony Richardson to throw the football in. They made it easy for a guy who's not very accurate to throw the football because he didn't have to squeeze it in tight windows because Tennessee – was and when he did, he was he was still just what he was. Yeah, but I mean, right. But 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 they weren't tied in the. I mean, they they have oh, got they have got to. I could have completed some of the passes. Right. They have got to tighten some things up in the second. They need to get D. Williams healthy. Yeah. Whatever um, that takes. And whatever that takes. And I'm gonna tell you something. They 
need to get Warren Burrell in the fight. One hundred percent. You had a point in time where you had Turnage and Rucker on the field at the same time. So I'm not saying Kamal hadn't had a good game because he didn't. But I mean, you are you're in a you're in a situation now to where you're thin, but also you need some experience, and that's what Warren Burrell is. Well, here's the other thing too: if you're Willie Martinez and you're Tim Banks, if you're not going to rotate at safety, and Danico Slaughter's not going to play any snaps for you on defense. Do you take this bye week and rep him at corner the entire week just to try to create some depth for you there to get ready to go to LSU? He's a non-factor for you in the secondary right now at safety. You're not going to play him there. Yep. Okay, He's behind multiple guys. It's very obvious. They're going to play Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers every snap on the, unless they're hurt. Don't you look at Danico Slaughter, who's played some nickel, who's played some corner, and just see what you can develop there to try to create some depth at that position? Because – they just don't have any answers there right now. And, yeah. And, and Kamal Haddon didn't play very well. He, he, he's he the one off. guy you've really been able to count on through three games. And, and, and he he tackled so poorly. The, the first touchdown by Florida, I mean. He just tried to knock the ball out. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I get doing that, that maybe. That's after he missed a tackle initially, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm all for trying to rip the ball out. But at the end of the day, if you can't do that, you better get him on the ground. And, and so, I mean, I'm with you. You know, I the – I thought going into the season it would be Tennessee's safeties that would hurt them the most just because they're not the most fleet of foot, but it's been the corners, and it's not even close. And, you know, you hate to say it, but, I mean, you know, Warren Burrell was missed today, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. They had to turn to guys that have not played very much football. I mean, Deshaun Rucker, I mean, outside of some trash time and a couple of blowouts, I mean, he was forced into the game at the Music City Bowl. You know, and again, that's just learning. I mean, getting, getting better, you know, getting older, getting better. I mean, Latrell Bumpus makes plays now that he didn't make three years ago. Ramel Keaton made plays today that he don't make two years ago. It, it, it's why kids have to stick in there. Everybody wants to just run and go to the portal when they don't play. So somebody like Deshaun Rucker, if he'll just stay patient, you just never know what a guy's going to turn into. Because, you know, this program the last two years has shown multiple times Older guys that I think all three of us had probably written off at some point or another. Ramel Keaton today. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I joked in the box. I said, "This is." I said, "Somebody needs to create the Ramel Keaton meme and put his head on Will Smith." And except for it's keep my wife's name, keep my name out your mouth. No joke. Because I mean, like he was really good, and that I mean, obviously the diving catch was just spectacular. But he was but, good other than that. I mean, well, Jalen he had nice catch and run Jalen for Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, look at the development he's had. Right. And I guess, and I get part of its mindset, but it's also development. Yeah. Well, well, Rodney Garner's getting out of those defensive linemen is the perfect good. example. Everybody thought, oh, this is going to be a weak part. Dude, Tennessee's. I mean, like outside of that one bust against Pittsburgh, yeah. they, there's nobody really ran on Tennessee this year. They've done a really good job with some unheralded guys. DJ Terry today, I thought, had some plays. Uh, you know, Bryson Eason's giving them something. Tyree West is starting to get in there on that rabbits package. I mean, it's well, jo- you know, we talked about Josh Josephs in the two minute drill. They got to put, they've got to push some of these guys because they're close. And, and instead of waiting on some vet, they got to push some of these younger guys. I think that it's a real bonus when you know you can trot out a guy that makes plays for you that's a freshman. Well, and what I'll give Rodney Horner credit for, and, and what he deserves credit for is he's got his guys to the point where he believes in them enough that he's willing to play them early. I mean, you think about the first short yardage stop that, that Tennessee made on fourth down. There's Bryce Deason and Elijah Simmons. Yep. Okay, two guys that we weren't sure. I mean, coming out of fall camp, you didn't know if Elijah Simmons was even going to get to dress. Yep. Right? I mean, he's not talking about it. And then there's big Omari Thomas. 
Lamari Thomas played the best game he's played, in my opinion, of his Tennessee career today. He had five tackles. He forced a fumble. He had a pass breakup, two quarterback hurries. He also created tackles for other guys by the way he occupied the middle of the field, particularly in the short yardage runs. I thought Amari Thomas was good. That group has gotten better and is playing good football right now. They've got to stay healthy. But I like the fact that Garner's playing as many guys as he is playing right now on that defensive front. I think it's paying dividends for them. And he made that commitment in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. You know, and, and he stuck to that to his guns today with that with an early rotation in this game. I mean especially too when you're complimenting an offense that goes fast. I mean that's that, that's just another factor as well. The more guys, the merrier. Uh, there'll be plenty more to, to nitpick defensively, but I agree. I think the defensive I line. Nit- I don't know that it's nitpicking, Eric. <laughs> well, yeah, critiquing more or less. Spotlighting, Eric. I mean, spotlighting. I thought, again, this is the last thing I'll say on the defense today, because if wins a win, you should be celebrating it. But I thought the defense of secondary was a complete embarrassment or not. I thought it was atrocious. I mean, that might have been some of the worst football I've ever seen. Having said that, you got the win. A lot on offense to like. Uh, Tennessee uh, couldn't run the football outside of Hendon Hooker in this game early. That 40-yard run, Jabari Small, kind of me, is he sort of looking like the old Jabari? Had a nice little wiggle there on a, on a pickup of, you know, 13 or 14. Good to see him get over 20 carries or 20 touches in this football game because you're going to need to rely on him. And then Hendon was just fantastic. Video game-like numbers, like you said. Um, 349 yards passing, two touchdowns. He ran for a Tennessee career high of 112 yards, had 108 against Ole Miss last year. All this without his security blankets and Cedric Tillman. Hendon was awesome. I thought the receiver stepped up, and I thought the offensive line, for the most part, I mean, they got after a little bit, but the offensive line protected him pretty well making a pocket. All well, it does, all it does is, is it makes him more complete down the stretch when he comes back. Yep. I'll, when, hit, when Cedric when comes, back. comes back. If it's at LSU or at, Floor or at, at Bama, and we talked about this in the two-minute drill. Cedric Tillman, middle of the week, had a procedure on his ankle. It's the same procedure that Tua had, um, you know, when, you know, he was coming off that high ankle sprain. And this is a procedure a lot of people do now to try to come back sooner. You know, um, you know, they, they, they kind of tie the tendons in there, put a plate in there, and, you know, it, it heals faster and gets them back on the field quicker. And so that's why there's high hope that he can be back for LSU, at worst by Bama. Because, you know, it's normally about two weeks. Well, two weeks from middle of the week is, you know, middle of LSU week. So we'll see if he's able to come back for that. But, you know, I just think when he does come back, it just makes makes the offense more complete. It, it gives them more weapons. And, and not that they need any. You talked about him being able to scheme up guys, scheming up me getting open in my 5-7-40. Um, add Dylan Sampson to that mix in a couple of weeks if, if he's able to get, you know, back off the ankle sprain. Just, just more toys for the offense. And at this point, like, you know, you just, you just don't know what you're going to I mean, you, you keep pushing some of those younger guys on defense, you see if, we can, if they can get D. Williams healthy and Warren Burrell and figure Samson out some and stuff. Williams went out there, and they were with in pads going through everything else in pregame. They just probably weren't healthy enough to play. So that tells me, I mean, they're, they're close, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Williams is healthy. It, it's just a matter of, you know, he's a freshman, and he's not oh, for the like part. Oh, D. Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah, close. You know, I, you know get them out close, there. Yeah. You know, get them out there and just see what 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 they can do. I, I said that in the two minute drill. I said, you know, I think he's going to be able to go in an emergency role. He was stressed for the whole game. I think in an emergency role, they would have turned to Dylan Sampson. I mean, you were if, pretty close to an emergency <laughs> here tonight. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but I mean, you were. I mean, look, Jalen Wright hung in there. I mean, and 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 obviously Jabari's small shoulder held up. 
Um, and Hendon Hooker was great. There's a, the only concern I get with Hendon is the, the, the hits that he takes. Yeah. you got to be careful how much you run him. So you need to continue to grow the run game with your running backs. But I'll say this. There's going to be a lot of people talking about Hendon Hooker, and rightfully so. He played well. There's going to be a lot of people talking about Brew McCoy. Rightfully so. He played well. Give, give a shout-out. Give a shout-out here to Josh Heupel and to Alex Golish. Okay? I mean – the, the 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 wheel route to Jacob Warren was fantastic. Was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the the little stutter go with Brew McCoy where they faked the wide receiver screen. They had not showed that. The long crossing pattern drag to Jalen Hyatt, new wrinkle you hadn't saw. It. And one of the best schemed up plays that they had was down here in the north end zone. It got called back on a holding penalty yep. by Gerald Mincy. But they took and put Jacob Warren in the backfield beside Hendon Hooker as a running back and let him be the fullback lead blocker up the hole on the quarterback draw. They did that a little last year. They did, but we had, yeah. a lot of it was more in motion. This was him in the backfield. I thought that they had some terrific design stuff, and their timing on things was really good. Now, they need to spend a little time on the practice field this week, on clock management, on terms of how to bleed the clock. They go yeah. so fast on the practice field, they yeah. haven't figured out how to manage the play clock very well. But when you don't punt and you put up the numbers that they put up. That's the easiest way I'm, not to get a bumble. I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you right now. I, I thought those guys, I, I thought they called a, terrific, a really good football game. Day, and their players executed really well. Uh, by the way, stock up this week, uh, punt operation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to put things in perspective real quick, and I know we've already spoken you know, 12 minutes here, but you know, Tennessee's offense, it scored on every single possession. Touchdowns, except outside of one, which was a field goal, Tennessee's first points. It scored a touchdown on every single possession outside of that field goal on all but one possession where it fumbled. That was Princeton fan down here inside the red zone where they still went 67 yards down the field. They fumbled once on fourth down, which it was going to be a sack anyway. And then the last, uh, you know, one of the last series of the games where they did a turnover on downs. This offense just moved and moved and moved. And that was really, really good to see because, I mean, there's some players over there on Florida's defense. It's not great, but you got Cox, you got Miller who gutted out and played a little bit, you got two veteran safeties. This offense, I think, built a whole lot of confidence, and hopefully that defense can just kind of you know, pick it up a little bit moving forward. Well, and, and look, Trayvon Flowers should have fielded the punt and, and not let it roll to the one. Yep. To go 99 yards there and to take the lead at the half was just a swift kick in the, you know what, for the Florida Gators going in the locker room. Gave Tennessee all the juice. They get the ball to start the second half, and all of a sudden now – you're in control of the football yep. game. Now, you get that see at the end. I get all that. But you just never felt like Florida was going to be able to stop Tennessee. I mean, every every drive that got stopped, Tennessee stopped themselves. Yep. Um, it won't be that way against everybody they play, okay? They're good. They're better defenses coming. But, again, the continued creativity, regardless of who your personnel is, Goes and then you've got a couple guys who've made some plays that you didn't think would make plays, and then you got more toys as Austin's talking about. But I mean, there's no reason why if Brew McCoy or Cedric Tillman is back healthy, taps out and says I need a break, that you have any reservation about putting Ramel Keaton in right now. Yep, right no. now. And, and and I think that's a credit to what what they have done on the practice field, um, and, and the development there of guys who've just stayed the course and, and kept getting after it. And again, it wasn't just that one impressive catch, Austin. I mean, he had he had a catch and run for a first down, and he's been yeah, a guy. Yeah, obviously, they, they, they had that penalty, and it was like 
person, second and 17 or whatever it was, yeah. and he picked up like 20 yards yeah. and made the guy really miss. Play. Yeah, really good play. Really and, good play. And Jimmy Holiday gave him something in the kickoff return game today. Yeah. Their kickoff coverage he, was He's good. better than he's, – he's much better than I than, – I, you can tell, like, sometimes I think they – they tell him to fair catch, and like he, he'll hang his head. Like you can tell that there's a it ain't his decision, right, to not return it because well, I he, think he's got some confidence back there. You so could I, also tell he's one hundred percent a kick returner and, and and not much. Like I'm not talking about his receiver, but he is a catch and go straight. He's a straight line guy. There's, and, not, and, there's and, not wiggle there, but that's yeah. what you need out of a kickoff return. That's people have asked why is he not in the punt return competition? It, it's a, it's a different type of yeah. game. You got to have courage coming out of that goal line, a hundred miles an hour straight ahead. And, and believing that that hole's going to be there where it's designed to go. And, and he's a straight-line go Bayless guy. is just a special guy. He can do both, obviously. Yeah. And well, even I, Bayless, I, he wasn't a full returner until I, last year. I, I, I don't want to doubt Trayvon's confidence. But I wondered well, that down, would, yeah. if, if it was like, after the pit game, I'm, I'm just going to let this fall. Yeah. I don't. We, we're, we're in a spot where we're going to get the ball back. Let's not, you know – Let's not do anything that potentially you know could cost us you know yeah. the ball. Ran, ran through my mind too. That, that was that one of those deals where he was a little bit where he was a little bit you know didn't have a ton of confidence in that deal. But again, listen, we, we nitpicked this, nitpicked that, praised these guys. The fact of the matter they is, won. Is, they won, they won, they won the football game. Regardless, like you said, two nothing, a hundred to nothing. This is a program who has struggled to find ways to beat teams like this, put teams away. Yeah, they could have done a million things different down the stretch. I get all that, but we'll talk about it. But the fact of the matter is, that team that has found every way to beat you sideways for the last 18 years, 17 years, you found a way today to beat them, okay? And and that goes something for – I mean, Tennessee's got two wins where they they found ways to win in different ways. Today, the offense had to score every time they got the ball. Yep. At Pittsburgh, it was the defense helping out an offense who couldn't find a way to score. Complimentary football, winning ugly, winning pretty, all of those things all factor in. Now, as Philip Fulmer told his team every time that they won this game, which wasn't a lot, I know, but he told them this in 98, what are you going to do with it? Is this your high water mark? Are you going to go back to work in the open day, get better, and see what you can do the rest of the way here? Open day comes in a great time. Tennessee will have two weeks to get everyone healthy. This will be a two-week build towards LSU. This is huge for everybody. It's huge for the program. It's huge for the fans. It's huge for Tennessee's collective trying to raise money for NIL. It's huge for, for it's huge for Knoxville. It's huge for Volquest as we transition to the On Three Network. Yep. It's it's big for everybody that covers this program, and so uh, or, or watches this program. So uh, just a just a big deal, a two week build to that LSU game, and an LSU team um, that you know defensively. Still has some guys offensively. They don't score a lot of points. So can, how much can Tennessee scheme up against LSU down there? I'm interested to see the game time. You know, everybody expects Alabama in the, or to be at 8 o'clock. Well, if they're doing a doubleheader that day, the second best game would be Tennessee LSU. If Tennessee LSU is at 3.30 and not night, it's a big win for the Vols in my opinion. Yeah. Because playing at night and playing at 3.30 gives them four extra hours down there on the bayou to get a little bit more sauced. So I think that's a big win. And depending on what happens between now and then for LSU, too, where's their mood of their fan base? Yeah, and for those of you looking to make schedule plans, I would tentatively look at Tennessee-Alabama 3.30 in Knoxville. Yeah. I think CBS would like to come back for another one here. Well, I think CBS will spend a lot of time with, with Tennessee the rest of the year because, one, they get high ratings with the balls. So I think you know when, when it's not up against a pr- premier game from the West – 
you know, I think that CBS is going to opt for Tennessee quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. The end of October, it'll be, you know, Florida, Georgia. I'm sure Tennessee, Kentucky will be a night game. But, you know, this is a real opportunity for Tennessee to take that spotlight, shine upon them today with recruiting, national uh, spotlight, college game day, all that, and build upon it as a football program. Tennessee's getting more mature as a football team, no doubt about it. 38-33 the win over rival Florida, uh, snapping a five-game losing skid, winning for the first time in six years on the day. Uh, the last time college game day was here in town, and Tennessee gets it done, 38-33. We've got tons and tons of recap coverage on the front, front page of the website, ballplus.com, and on the general's quarters. So be sure to dial into that. Plenty of coverage coming up tomorrow. A lot of recruiting tidbits throughout the week as well. Tennessee has two official visitors and so many unofficials to the class of 2024 and 2025. So uh, for all surprise, Brett Hubbs, I'm Eric Kane, Tennessee, a 38-33 winner over Florida here on this Saturday night.